You're listening to Infinite Geekiness, episode 001. Got anything more you'd like to add, Sam? Keep your pink hand strong, white boy. Well, I'll certainly try. I am a white boy after all. Heidi ho, hello, and welcome to the first ever podcast of the Infinite Geekiness Podcast. I am your unfortunate host. You'll find out why soon enough. Your unfortunate host, Jimmy Devious. That is my alias, my nom de doom. My real name is available. You can find it. I swear I am not hiding from the feds or the Germans or anything like that. So, if you want to know who I really am, maybe you should pay me. Give me a dollar. (laughs) Just kidding. A very by-the-seat-of-my-pants, totally extemporaneous podcast of sorts. So, just bear with me. I will learn as I go. To start with, a little bit of background of who I am. I am obviously not a radio personality of any sort. I'm just some doofus in a basement somewhere. We're looking down on Wayne's basement. Only that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? Trying to come up with my own voice on the internet. I'm from Houston, Texas. I've traveled all over the world. Been around the world now, yeah, yeah. Been clear, yeah, uh, all over the country and done lots of different things. I actually consider myself first and foremost to be a writer. But I love movies. I am a movie geek. I am a film geek. I am that annoying know-it-all in every room that always knows the answer to the history questions why people in ancient times or in chivalric times did such and such or took a crap here or did that there. I'm the guy that you don't want in the theater with you because I will pick apart every scene and tell you what is wrong with that scene. But I try to make it interesting. That's not a very good way to sell myself, but we're just going to have to deal with it. Also, as part of this first introduction, 
let me say at the time of the recording of this first ever podcast, because I am in Planet Texas in Houston, of all places, today was June 22nd, 2014, which marks the 20th anniversary of the first ever championship in Houston of the Houston Rockets. I know that doesn't exactly fit into the geekiness moniker, but that is only because I am a nerd, so that's what I call it. But I was, and am sort of in spirit, still a Rockets fan. So I have to give some props to that team. It, it was really a big deal if you were living in Houston at the time. And so I have to give some notice to that, that this is the 20th anniversary of the Houston Rockets championship. What was I doing when they won it? Sitting on my butt like everyone else. Because I am a white boy. I don't play ball. Uh, not very well, anyway. I can shoot three-pointers from a driveway, but that's about it. Actually, come to think of it, from my own driveway, I beat Gary Payton's record at the time, who was playing for the then Seattle Supersonics. I don't even know where he, where the Super... Didn't they become the... Yeah. They became the Oklahoma City, right? Is that what they became? There's somebody off the... Uh, the mic who is a chicken, chicken hawk who refuses to come on the mic with me. Is, what? Oh, yeah. Gary Payton, Seattle Supersonics, had a three-point record of nine three-pointers. And I actually did that from my driveway because I am awesome from a driveway. Yeah! He's on fire! And shooting three-pointers. Not from actually doing it in a real court. <laughs> I sat on my butt, I watched it, and it was amazing. And what was really cool about it was how classy Houston actually handled their championship as opposed to other cities that refer to H-Town as a hellhole. We handled it very well. And that's the way it should be. That's the way you should handle a championship. And that's what we did. We enjoyed it because it was the first time ever. And what was even even cooler about that championship was that it was just a couple of working class guys. Guys mostly on the second string. I mean, yeah, you had Akeem Adrim Olajuwon, who was a Hall of Famer, world champion, class guy. Everything you could want in an athlete. But you also had guys like Sam Cassell, Mario Eli, my personal favorite, number 25, Robert Ori. Every time Olajuwon apparently is in trouble, Robert Ori is his bailout guy. Who I still have my jersey for, my, that god-awful restyling. That's that's when it all went downhill, man. It's when they did those other jerseys, you know, with the stupid teeth rocket, whatever that was, and those tiger stripes. You remember if you were in Houston. For my first segment on here, I didn't really get too much into detail about who I am, but I had to give props to that first championship. Uh, just so I'm going to take a quick breather, get something to drink. You stretch your legs and stop listening to my voice for a moment. Hit pause. Whatever you gotta do. Don't worry. I'll come back because I am a slave to the pause button. Be back in a moment. And I'm back. What's your excuse? And if they're paying you to listen to this podcast, why haven't they given me a cut of that money, whoever they are? And why am I so paranoid? <laughs> Idiot. Anyway, for our next segment, I'm going to talk about something that I've noticed lately because I'm up a lot at odd hours and I notice strange and weird things. 
because I'm weird and that's what I do. Live people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. Or do I? Anyway, late at night, I I see a lot of movies that, let us say, really, really suck. And it's got me to thinking about something. About all the terrible movies that I've seen that could have been a whole lot better. And that actually did, probably deserve remakes. Now, I know that there's a lot of movies out there that... <laughs> Pardon me. I don't have a cough button because I'm bootleg sort of geek redneck. I don't have a cough button. I could make a cough button, but it wouldn't be attached to anything. Anyway, on the topic at hand, remakes. Now, there's plenty of movies that have remakes that don't deserve them. Really terrible sequels or sequels that were kind of lackluster. Uh, for example, the sequel that uh, Catface, a.k.a. Olivia Wilde was in, Tron. Uh, very pretty looking movie, very pretty movie, but kind of boring, at least I thought it was. I've been seeing a lot lately that they've been showing Congo. Stop eating my sesame cake! Yes, I'm actually bringing up Congo, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Excellent movie, Lost World, eh. <laughs> Too much uh, Jeff Goldblum, ums, 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 all over the place, of course, uh, 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 not exactly immune to that myself, but I'm not a professional, a professional like he is. Congo, yes, Congo is a sin on so many levels. The special effects are terrible. Bruce Campbell, I mean, that's the greatest sin, sin of all. Bruce Campbell. Never fuck with the king. One of the greatest quote machines in history. And if you're lucky a little later, I'll let you play with my boomstick. Being so underutilized. How can you put him in a little role like that? That's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Anyway, that's not the movie that I really want to talk about of the Michael Crichton movies that deserves a legitimate movie. Timeline. Timeline is probably my favorite Michael Crichton novel of all novels. It's set in a period I actually love. Jurassic Park is the movie for Dino Nuts. Dino Nuts. That sounds so nasty. Dino Nuts. Dino Nuts. Oh, that's something else you're going to have to get used to with me. I will just randomly start doing voices of some sort or another. Various impersonations. Because weird. Hello. I already said that. Possibly unstable. No. Kidding. Really not. Just sugar. Or uh, bull urine. No. Kidding. Anyway. Yes. Timeline. Timeline was a great book. Jurassic Park is the book for paleontologists. Sphere is the book for deep sea diver <laughs> and whatever else. <laughs> yes, I know the others. I'm just having a brain fart here. I probably should have called my podcast Brain Fart. Brain Fart. I don't anybody else would have that. Timeline, yes. Timeline is the Michael Crichton book for history nuts. Historians, archaeologists, not archaeologists, what am I saying? Anthropologists. Anthropologists. Especially history nuts. I loved that book. I was glued to that book. I spent my off time from work weathering Alice when I couldn't get out of my house because I was rained in and flooded in. Reading that book, digesting it, enjoying it, and what a letdown when I finally got a movie. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. We've got 600 years of knowledge on these guys, dude. I know. Speaking ill of the dead, the late, great Paul Walker, God rest his nitrous oxide charged soul or whatever it is the turbo charge whatever you, you you get the idea 
whatever. Yeah, he wasn't actually bad casting. I don't even think that most of the performers in it were bad. It was just that they totally took out so many of the great details that made that book fantastic. Details like the fact that these knights, these kids who were living at that time, these were professional kick-ass warriors. They would whip your ass. They had the, the Dutch guy, Merrick, who was supposed to be the hunk in the movie, and he was the hunk. Gerard Butler. Sparta! <laughs> of later fame. In timeline. It could have been such a better movie, because... If they had shown that these guys could totally kick ass. And they also showed that the languages that they spoke in the book. It's not modern English. I'm not talking about, uh, I'll stop the world and melt with you. I'm talking about real modern English. They spoke English that other people couldn't understand. Klaatu! Marada! <laughs> they thought that the people of the time in the book, I'm confusing myself now, thought that the, the people that came back in time were speaking some sort of weird Irish or Scandinavian dialect or something like that. I seem to, re to remember it. It was over 10 years ago. I read it during Tropical Storm Allison. Houston reference. So I don't remember all of the details. But that was something that was really awesome. I, I seem to also remember that they had a scene where they showed that these people took dumps in real medieval toilets. Blow it out your ass. And that the castles were painted and some other details that were really, really awesome that showed that these people were not just stupid idiots. They were really top-notch. I would love to see a remake of that terrible movie timeline done with that kind of accuracy, that kind of skill. And it could be done. Instead, we got Neil McDonough, the albino, misused walking around with a hood over his head for like two seconds as the great Cornholio. I am the great Cornholio. TP for my parkour. That's all we got. And we got Gerard Butler misused. I mean, it was, yeah, it was all right. But it could have been so much better. I think it would be a great idea. I know remakes are overdone in today's society, but there are movies out there that actually deserve another chance. And I would be curious, for those who are actually going to brave listening to this podcast, what movies do you think deserve another chance? Deserve a real, true, honest remake? No wrong answer. Just curious. Let's take a stretch, take a breather, and I will be back in a moment. Hopefully you'll still be here. Maybe not. Back in a moment. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> This segment of show brought to you by, look at this, I was Wood's dog piss, but now thanks to the water cycle, I have a high quality H2O. Water, drink it, or else. This is going to be a mercifully short segment, I promise. Uh, it's going to be a segment which I will call for the moment, I may change that, the dusty bookie corner of my Brady. Book, I happen to notice, it's actually two years old, published in 2012. It is a, the looks of it, a great coffee table book. It is called Darth Vader and Son by Jeffrey Brown. You should really check it out. It's just a book of illustrations, nothing too fancy, and explores the idea. What if Luke and Darth, sorry, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, once he became Darth Vader, what if they actually knew each other? And they grew up together. And Darth Vader was active in the life of his kids. Take a look at it. It has some really clever ideas. And it takes scenes from the movies and just takes a different spin on them. I thought they were really amusing. Really funny. They're just illustrations. You can show them to your kids. Just an excellent idea. Something that you might want to check out. I highly recommend it. I know it's two years old. Other people have probably already told you about it. But 
just give it a look, see if you haven't seen it already. Come back with another Drake. We'll see you in a few moments. Come back with another drink. What am I trying to do here? Breed alcoholics? Nerdy alcoholics who know string theory and are also drunk. No liquor? That's the Dania, comrade. <laughs> Brilliant. And we are back once again with some more infinite geekiness. Let's see what's on the docket. It says in my plan. Oh, yeah. Something else I'd like to talk about. Something else that has just been on my mind lately because I've got a lot of stuff on my mind. Most of which I can't repeat because the rust trolls on my shelves will not let me. The houses always open. The houses watch. Jeez, it sounds like an infomercial. Something I'd like to talk about with you, Shern. Jump scares. Yes, how interesting a topic. But when you think about it, there are so many games out there. Games that you might not think of as actually scary games that have jump scares in them. Hmm. One I can remember from my youth is Jurassic Park for Sega Genesis. Genesis does, Nintendo. Remember that ad? If you're an old bastard like me, Jurassic Park, you, you remember that opening? The opening with the Tyrannosaurus is just chewing on that sucker like a like a piece of beef jerky. The the car the the car the the van or whatever, and it's just it's strobing in the dark or strobing in the screen. That was pretty frightening at first. And that head that would just come up. Actually, no, that was kind of funny. But how that Tyrannosaurus would just pop out of nowhere. That used to freak me the heck out when I couldn't be the raptor, but had to be the the dude with the hat. You know, Sam Neil. Uh, Alan Grant, that's his name, Alan Grant. I knew that. I swear I knew that. It's just late, and I'm tired and uh, spastic, and one of them on the trolls are gonna find them. No. But yeah, that was that was a pretty frightening jump scare. Just, just a little bit. I mean, it wasn't terribly scary. Another one that I have to talk about. It's a little bit further back in time. More my brother, my older brother Stuman's time. But I also got to play it thanks to something called... I believe it was Arcade Treasures for PS1, or if you used to watch on G4, the program old reruns of something called Starcade. My brother has a huge heart on for Starcade. I kind of find it a little bit boring, but some of the games are kind of cool. And one of them is this game called Sinister. Sinister! The announcer always says on there. And it's this giant head. This giant head with- I am Sinister. With the spikes, and it flies through space, and you're typical, you know, like they always had in the games back in the 80s, pew, 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 and they'd shoot stuff, right? Well, this game is like that. You have to go around collecting these bombs. You shoot them off asteroids, and you knock the bombs off them like they're, they're little testicles, they're the bomb testicles of these asteroids, right? And you have to try and collect all these bombs because they're building Sinister, and all of a sudden you hear this, Beware, I leave. And then the sucker, it'll track you down like it's on a mission, like a man on a mission to kill the competition. Probably shouldn't have said that, I'll get sued. Screw them. No. And when he does that thing where, where he starts inhaling you into its mouth. <laughs> and some more quick jump scares. Run, coward. One more jump scare that totally not even that bad, but Wolfenstein 3D, the end of Wolfenstein. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, because you had never seen that dude except for the beginning of the game, 
the dude that you're supposed to be. I mean, yeah, I know you saw his head up there, like a severed head, and what it would bleed from the news, and you were getting shot and all that stuff, but you didn't actually see him very much. So all of a sudden, this dude's doing like the Toyota jump, you know, I will not what you do for me. He would just do like this crane kick at the screen, and you don't have a gun anymore. At the end of the game, after you fight Robot Hitler, Die, Allied Dragon, which is awesome. Where the hell did this guy come from? It freaked me out. I was, whatever. If you listen to this and you download this because you're weird like me, tell me a little bit about some of your favorite jump scares. Back in a moment. And in our final. Yeah! Yeah! Are you? Big segment for the show this week. We are going to talk about, very briefly, I'm going to cut this short because I ran long on some of the other ones according to my, my notes, lunchboxes, because I feel like talking about it. I'm just in a mood to talk about lunchboxes because i got to talk about something in a Batman. No. Actually, I think I did have a Batman lunchbox, but we're the last generation, at least I am the last generation, that had real metal lunchboxes originally. Of course, the problem with that is that it would eventually rust out. But I just, they, they stay with you for life. For some reason or another, the lunchbox that's always stayed with me in memory is I had a Gremlins lunchbox with Gizmo. Gizmo on the cover. the front of the box, posing and whatnot, driving the little Barbie cow, uh, and on the sides with, where he's hiding in, in the toys and all that, and they're just really great memories. I've been trying to track these down on eBay just to see what they have, but a lot of times you get, like, the rust on them. Well, what you can do is go to lunchboxes.com. Very simple, very easy to remember, and they actually have a custom setup, but there's a lot of other options there, too. No, I'm not being paid. I just want lunchboxes, so... That's a place you can look, lunchboxes.com, and you can have a custom lunchbox built. I might even do an infinite geekiness lunchbox if this thing takes off. <laughs> yeah, like it's gonna take off, but uh, just, uh, yeah. I'll, oh, wait, I also have a G.I. Joe lunchbox still somewhere. That's uh, It's made of plastic, but it's uh, it's got Sergeant Slaughter. That wasn't Sergeant Slaughter. It's more like Sergeant Slaughter. You know, he's kind of a redneck guy. But yeah, lunchboxes, they carry more than our memories, they carry our hearts. In some cases, literally. <laughs> no. If you see a killer. Yeah. They actually have a lunchbox there, an organ donor lunchbox, in, in the white with the medical. They have some other ones for the girls, like uh, Audrey Hepburn, they probably got Barbie and stuff. I know they have Watchmen, like uh, the Manhattan guy, the blue guy. It's just slipping my mind. I know who he is. I really should call this thing Brain Fart as my podcast name, but uh, yeah, they've they've got lots of stuff. So check it out, lunchboxes.com, easy to remember. And we'll close this thing out in just a moment. Be back. <laughs> Whoa, you're actually still playing this? Thank you. Woohoo! And because you're still playing this, guess what? We survived. We survived my first ever podcast in history. <laughs> I'd just like to close this out and thank you for hanging here with me. I will try to do a better job next time. If there is a next time. If the little men, the trolls, don't find me first. Why am I whispering? I don't know. Maybe I'm tired. Yeah, but just what did we learn today? 
absolutely nothing. Say it again now. Whoa. No. We talked about jump scares in video games. We talked about movies that need remakes, as opposed to a lot of movies that are getting remade that don't. And we talked about lunchboxes and a cool book that has pictures in it that look kind of like Calvin and Hobbes, but with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. I think that's a pretty decent haul for a first podcast, don't you? Yes, you do, or I will find you. I'm Batman. And I hope that just listening to me be a spaz is somewhat entertaining. Thank you so very much for downloading this and listening to it. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> and everyone else, all two and a half point five seven three four of you. I will hopefully catch you next time. This has been Infinite Geekiness with Jimmy Devious. Later. Let the space bugs bite.